Well, it's time to begin our services. Let's all stand this morning. You glad to be here this morning? I want to hear a big amen. 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 Good to see all of you this morning. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate our visitors coming. So what we want to do is go to the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to ask Dr. Joe Haynes, if he will, to open us in prayer. We'll remain standing page 388 at the bottom. Still do have a lot out sick, so y'all pray for, for the choir today as we sing. So let's start off with a Christmas song. Do 
stand again. Page 99 in the brown book. and offerings you want to bring at this time you can bring them alright let's do that fourth verse Appreciate all of you being here.
Appreciate all of our visitors being here this morning. I got a dear friend that's visiting with us this morning, Brother Keith Mitchell and all his family. He brought the whole truckload with him. Good to see him this morning. Good to have you all with us, Brother Keith. Um, I need to make some announcements, uh, so listen closely. Uh, Today is going to be the last day that our kids are going to be able to practice their their Christmas play for next Sunday, but today is that day, so all you kids stick around. You're going to be practicing, and and that means that next Sunday, or no, not next Sunday, but yeah, next Sunday, on the 18th is our Christmas play that our kids are going to be putting on for us, so you be sure to plan to be here and be praying for our young kids that, that God would uh, bless them in a special way as they present that to us. But that'll be practice today and then the play next Sunday. And then the Crusaders for Christ Christmas party is this coming Wednesday night, if I'm reading this right. And uh, they're going to be opening their gifts. And so we're going to have a special service that this Wednesday night. So you be sure to come if you'll. Is Sister Sue, is is Sue's kitchen open Wednesday? Miss Sue's Kitchen will be open this Wednesday, so if you want to eat with us, be here at 6 o'clock. We'll feed you a meal, and, and uh, then we'll be able to have our, our Crusaders for Christ Christmas party, so you make all these plans.
sing that frequently. Brother Greg would pick the guitar. Miss Mary would sing that song. It just brings back a lot of memories. I want to say this. I didn't want to mix this in with all of our other announcements because this is something special. And it's just come up to my attention and it's something that we're going to do as a Christmas effort. Our church is going to work together to make this happen. But during Thanksgiving, we put together, it was about 104 boxes of a full turkey meal, the full turkey and everything to go along with that. We gave those out to the community. We gave them to needful families. And during that, that uh, process, uh, Brother Jeff and Miss Tammy met a family called the McDuffie family. And when they met them, they were just awestruck by the, uh, the conditions, the situation of that little family. We were able to give them a turkey box and things like that. We called them boxes of blessings. But God has put it on Jeff and Tammy's heart to reach out to that family for this Christmas. And they've talked to me about it. And they had to do a little background investigation with some things and all the and, uh, and found out that the situation was very, very uh, needful and legit. And so anyway, <clears throat> what we want to do is we're going to be taking up any special offering that you might want to give toward that. And what we're going to be using the offering for is to buy some kids' clothes. There's five kids. If I'm telling this right, is that right, sis? Five kids in that home. And there's a mother and a grandparents, right? A granddaddy. That's, that's over that home. The dad's not in the, he's in the picture, but not in the picture. But anyway, we want to try to reach into that family's life and just do something for them. And so we're going to be taking up this offering and we're going to be get, buying kids clothes and buy each child a, a nice toy for Christmas time. So... That's what the money will go for. Then Sister Tammy wants to set up a basket out in the hallway. And she's asking that our ladies would bring anything that's ladylike, uh, that ladies like, and uh, put it in that basket. And this will be for the mother of the home. Uh, she's a very unselfish lady from what I understand and wouldn't do anything for herself first. She always makes sure that her kids are taken care of. But want to do something especially for the mother. And this is for the McDuffie family. So if you'd like to contribute to that, uh, be sure to, if you give a check, just dub it on your check, McDuffie family. And every penny that you'll give will go to that, that need. And, uh, and we'll help this family during this Christmas time. I know it's short notice, but like I said, it just came up to my attention, and we, we like I say, had to do just some legwork before we really committed ourselves to this, but we want to be all in on it, so uh, just appealing to your hearts about that, and if you ladies could bring anything and put in that basket, and it'll all go to that mother of the home, so we'll, we'll do this as our Christmas project this year and reach into that family, the McDuffie family. <clears throat> there was a, 
husband and wife that went on vacation to the same place every year. Every year they went to the same place. There was a helicopter ride. And uh, the husband always wanted to ride that helicopter. But for them to be able to enjoy that helicopter ride, it would cost $50. And the wife was a bit of a penny pincher. And he would say, honey, let's go on that, that helicopter ride. She'd look at it. She said, no. She said, $50 is $50 is $50 is $50. And so year after year after year, they would not do that helicopter ride. They got in their latter years, and they went on the same trip again, and there was that helicopter. Same guy running the helicopter ride. He had heard them go through this, the same thing every year. And the husband looked at the wife and he said, he said, let's go on. We may not make it next year. Please, let's go on this helicopter ride. She thought a minute. She said, no. She said, $50 is $50 is $50. And the guy that run the helicopter ride, he said, I've been watching y'all all these years go through the same thing. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take y'all up in that helicopter ride. Won't cost you a thing, but there's one, th one catch to it. You better not, I better not hear either one of you say anything or make any kind of noise while we're up there. He said, if you'll do that, I'll give you this helicopter ride for free. But if I hear one noise, one peep out of you, he said, you're going to owe me $50. They agreed to it. They jumped in the helicopter, and finally they were going to make their helicopter ride. And the helicopter pilot got him up there, and he was old Vietnam vet who, who flew helicopters in Vietnam he did nosedives, he did swirls, he did everything he could just to try to get them to squeal and not a peep. I mean nothing. And they landed and the guy got out of the helicopter and he, he looked back there and he said, I've got to admit, I did not hear nothing out of you. I'm, I'm surprised. And the husband said, well, I started to say something when my wife fell out. But $50 is $50. <laughs> That's compliments of my wife. And uh, she told that sitting at the table the other day. And I said, where did you hear that? I, she said, I don't remember. I thought it was pretty funny. She said, but you're going to have to do another one about men now. I said, well, I'll tell it on the men then. Amen. It is good to see every one of you this morning. I pray that you've had a good week and going to enjoy the week to come with the blessings of the Lord. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the gospel according to Luke chapter number two this morning. Luke chapter number two. And when you find that passage of Scripture, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word, we'll look at a few, script, a few uh, verses and then bring you our thought for the morning. You bear with me. I'm still getting over some of the 
whatever I had this past week. And, uh, and somebody asked me, said, are you doing better? I said, I hadn't really had time to stop and even think about it, but, uh, but we're trying to get better. Maybe we'll, Lord, will see us through this today. Luke chapter number two, we're going to begin in verse number one and read through verse number 20. And most of you will know and recognize this is very familiar, especially this time of year. Passage of scripture is the Bible reads like this. It says this, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. That's why we pay taxes this time of year. Amen. And this taxing was first made with Cyrenius, was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, that means that they were planning on getting married, but not married yet, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, <clears throat> the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered that those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Uh, if there's one verse of scripture that I, I would draw your attention to, it'd be verse number Verse number 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I, I was reading the, got the uh, Christmas story one day and just concentrating on every word that was placed there. And I began noticing that the little word child and baby, B-A-B-E, that's Old English spelling for the word baby. 
<clears throat> appears many times in this one chapter. I'll just highlight some of that for you. Look in the end of verse number 5, the word child. The, the Verse number 12, the word baby. Again in verse number 16, the word baby. And then verse number 17, the last two words, this child. The early childhood years of Jesus is highlighted in this chapter. And rightfully so because it is the proclamation of Jesus Christ being born into our world. And as I read and was meditating upon it one day, I began thinking, I thought, Lord, why, why was it necessary for you to come into this world as a child? I mean, I know who Jesus is and I know he's the... God of all glory, I know, I understand all of that. And I wondered, I, I said, Lord, why didn't you just leave your throne and just come down here as you were God and just reveal yourself that way? But he chose this path of coming into our world as a little baby. And I want to ask this question this morning. This is the title for my message. Why? A child. Why? And hopefully through the course of this sermon, this message, we'll answer that for you and pray that God will use it in all of our hearts to speak to us all individually. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, this morning we love you so much, Lord, and sure do appreciate you being so good to us. Lord, the things that we've heard with our ears, the singing, the good special, the good choir, the good congregational singing. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to hear these songs. And Lord God, as we enter into this time where we gather ourselves around the good word of God, I pray, Father, that Lord, you please touch me. You know my, you know my need this morning, and I'm asking, Father, for your touch. There's no way I can be a benefit to these people, whether I'm sick or not, Lord. Uh, I need you. So I'm asking you, Father, for your touch in that special way of God, that this message would help your people, that your message would help every person that's in this room, young and old. And we'll thank you and praise you for everything that you'll accomplish during this time. For it's in the blessed holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I heard a, I may, I may have heard it, I may have read it. <clears throat> On Christmas Eve, a, a frazzled and stressed out mother was, was frantically trying to get some last minute shopping done. And she was running from store to store in this mall. And she was running here and running there just desperately trying to get everything that she needed uh, bought and and readied for Christmas. And during all her hurried frenzy, she realized that her little son that she had with her was missing. She started, she turned around, started calling his name out and couldn't find him anywhere. And she retraced her steps and she found him with his little nose pressed against a window, uh, looking in a, in a store. And he, uh, was just gazing in that store and the mother saw him and she called out his name. And he turned around and he said, Oh, mother, look, look. 
It's baby Jesus. It's Jesus lying in the manger on the hay. And she went over there and grabbed him by the arm. And she said, I've been looking for you everywhere. Don't you know we don't have time for that stuff? I'm trying to get ready for Christmas. You know, this time of year, we celebrate what we call Christmas. And to many people, Christmas is many different things. To us who are Christians, to us who are saved, Christmas time is a very special time of year because that's the time where we, we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, into this world. We know what Christmas is. Matter of fact, you can't even say Merry Christmas without Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness right there? But to many, and around the world this is true, to many, Christmas is a lot more going on than just baby Jesus. Well, there's the Christmas trees, there's Santa, there's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's Frosty the Snowman. There's the trees, the lighting of the trees. There's the gifts up under the tree. There's a hustle and bustle of, of this time of year. There's running here to this party, running there to that event. There's all the different things that surround itself with Christmas time. And we all get caught up in this, this busyness of Christmas time. There's also taxes to be paid. Elections that hone us on every side. There's different things. There's the flus, the RSVs. There's the everything that's going on today to complicate and add to all the stuff that goes on at Christmas time. And somewhere among all of that stuff, Jesus gets kind of just stuck in there. He just gets kind of placed in there somewhere. And he's there at Christmas time, but he's just a part of Christmas. He's not the real reason for Christmas anymore. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and through all the hectic things of your life, and, and it is like that. Maybe you've been sick. Maybe you've been busy working and maybe you've been busy doing this. Somewhere in all of that stuff, Jesus is there, but he's just a part. He's just seen as just a part of Christmas time. He's not just a part. He is Christmas time. He is what Christmas is all about. Maybe this service this morning is just a reminder for all of us because we all face this time of year with everything that's going on and everything that faces every one of us. We all get caught up in the hustle and bustle of this time of year with everything else that's going on. And here we sit and we're exhausted and wore out, frazzled. We're wondering what next is going to happen in our world. I want to say this, that Christmas time is a very special time of year, if you let it be. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. 
Uh, people have asked me down through the years, preacher, do you believe that, that Jesus was born on December the 25th? No, I don't. And it's not the exact day of, of his birth that is important. It's the fact that he was born. It's the fact that he did come. That day is, I guess, only known to him. But the fact that Jesus came and we set aside a day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ is the most important thing. I'm glad that we still live in a country where we can celebrate Christmas. Even though our freedoms are slowly beginning to, to fade away on the scene of politics and, and the woke agenda of our day, Thank God we still can celebrate the birth of the Savior of Jesus Christ. How easy it is that we can lose the meaning, the wonder, and the sight, and the true joy of Christmas. The obligations that we have, the things that we do, the, the busyness, the food that we have to buy and prepare, and then plan on getting together, make this connection, make that connection, it sure does get busy this time of year. But I'm thankful down in my heart, I still realize what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. It means that Jesus came into our world and thank God He came the way that He did. And as we approach this, this text this morning and this thought, I want us to consider this thought on why did He come as a child? Why was it necessary? Why did he choose this route? Why didn't God just leave his throne? He was already there. Why didn't he just leave his throne and come into this world as God as it, as it was? Why didn't he come that way? Why did he choose this route of coming into our world as a little baby? I want to say, number one, he came into our world this way so that he could learn. You know, one of the greatest, one of the greatest studies, one of the greatest revelations that we've ever had revealed unto us is the, is the revelation of God. I'm glad I believe that there is a God. There's many people walking our planet that profess that there is no God. They call themselves atheists or agnostics. And they say there is no God, there, there can't be a God. But I want to announce to this world, to this audience this morning, that there is a God in heaven, and His name is Jesus Christ. He came, you, you study the thought of God, and go back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He doesn't take time to explain Himself. Doesn't try to go into any, any oratory about himself. He just says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It goes on to tell us all that he did create. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, the oceans, the, the earth itself. He created every animal and all creeping things. Debbie, he even created the snakes. I mean, he created everything. He created man and woman and put them together in the garden and blessed their lives and said, have dominion over everything that I've created. God created that. Then you read the Old Testament 
And it's just God revealing himself to this man that he created. It's a story. It's his story of God creating and and being involved in the lives of the people that he created. But then you flip the pages of this Bible and you come into the New Testament. And it's not about this creating God anymore. It's about a little baby. A baby that was born into our world. Why did he come as this little child? Why did he come as this little baby? Well, can I submit to you this morning? I believe that he came, number one, was to learn about your world and my world. You see, as God, he sat on the throne. He never, he never suffered any kind of Pains, he never suffered any kind of uh, trauma. He never had to be subject unto anybody. But he came into our world as a little baby and was subject unto man. You think about it, that little baby that Mary held that day. She laid him in that manger. And by the way, as Brother Marty brought out to to y'all Wednesday night, that, that manger was a stone, hewed out stone structure that they fed animals in. It was not some little cute thing, all fluffy and all like that. It was a stone structure that animals would go over there and eat their hay. It had animal slobber in it. And where the animals had fed and and fed well from all the uh, feed that they put in those troughs. That's where our Savior was laid that day, in that manger. And there he laid and as Mary held that little baby. As the old song says, Mary, did you know that that one that you were holding is the one who created the heavens and the earth? That's who Jesus is. He is the God of all glory. He is God Almighty. And there he laid as a little baby. But he came into this world to learn. He didn't know what it was to grow up as a little child and grow through all the growing pains of life. You teenagers in here, y'all don't know anything about pain yet. You wait, you wait till you get a little bit. I'm still learning about pains of growing life, growing in life. Amen. But I'm telling you, life is interesting at, at its least. Can I get an amen right there? But Jesus came into this world to learn about what you and I go through. He never cried. God being God, he never cried. Nothing ever made him cry. But here he is, a little baby, and he came into this world to experience the things that you and I, as human beings, go through. The Bible says that he was was born in the likeness of sinful flesh like you and I were. And he experienced what you and I go through. He knows everything of what you face in life. There's not one problem in this room that has not affected Jesus Christ in some way. Everything that you've ever faced, everything that you've ever been through, it doesn't matter whether it was physical pain or or mental pain or maybe some family pain. Jesus Christ experienced that as that little child. He came into this world. The Bible says that he grew and became a man We know about all of that, but he came as this little baby so he could learn about your life and about my life. The Bible says that he 
was the one who created everything. He created the visible, the invisible, the, the, the dominions, the powers. He created everything there was. In, but yet, he lowered and humbled himself to be born as a little child. And there he lay. He came into our world to learn about our sinful world. You think about it and, and all that he went through while he was here. The Bible says that he suffered more than any man had ever suffered. Whenever he went to the cross of Calvary, they said that his visage was so marred more than any man. And he suffered like nobody had ever suffered. And he did that to experience that for mine and your betterment. He did that because he wanted to understand your world. He wanted to understand your life. The Bible tells us that we have a high priest which can be touched with a feeling of our infirmities. Everything that ever touches your life, He knows exactly how you feel. Everything that you've ever went through mentally, physically, financially, He has tasted that. He has felt that. He knows how you feel this morning. There's nobody here that has gone through anything that Jesus doesn't know exactly how you feel. Aren't you thankful for that this morning that we have a God who knows us, who knows exactly how you feel. He knows when you're sick. He knows when you're not able anymore. He knows when you don't feel like it. He knows that our flesh is a contention with us. He knows that we just have problems. We're a messed up bunch of people. Can I get a witness right there? And He knows all about it. Why? Because He came into our world to experience what we go through. And he knows what you're going through. He knows how you're feeling this morning. People have asked me, how you feeling, Brother John? Because I missed Wednesday night. And i be honest with you, I'm not feeling that great. I don't want to say anything about the flesh. But I, I'm so thankful that I had somebody to talk to during that time that knows exactly how I'm feeling. He knows exactly what I'm going through. He knows exactly what was wrong with me. Whether the doctors know or not, Jesus knows all about it. Thank God He does. Jesus came into our world to learn. In 1965, William Chatterton Dix wrote a hymn. And it was entitled, What Child Is This? And he gave it the, he put it to the tune of Green Sleeves. What child is this? Who laid the rest on Mary's lap is sleeping. Whom angels greet with anthems sweet. While shepherds watch her keeping. This is Christ the King. Whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him Lord, The baby, the son of Mary. Who is this child? Who is this baby that, that came into our world? He is God Himself, wrapped Himself in, in the likeness of sinful flesh. It was God manifest in the flesh. This is this child, Jesus Christ. He came into our world as a child, number one, to learn. But I want to say number two, not only did He come in here to learn, He came to listen. You read the gospel accounts about Jesus and Him interacting with people. He listened to people as He would make His journey through the... Through the I, I saw a thing on TV this morning. We were getting ready for church. And the headline says, it was about this 
this group that was going to Jerusalem. And it says, come walk where Jesus walked. And said, I promise you, you'll go, to, you'll go to every place where Jesus walked. I thought there's one place they won't walk where Jesus walked. That was on water. Tried, Peter done tried that. And he failed miserably at that. Well, anyway, that's beside the point. He came, number one, to, to learn. But he came, number two, to listen. Everywhere he went, people had questions. He listened to the Pharisees, even though they were wrong. He listened to those Pharisees who thought they were the only ones who had God in their life. They thought that they were the only ones right with God. And he listened to them. He listened to the publicans. He listened to those plain people, those uh, simple people like me and you. And he listened to them and they had issues of life. He listened to the man at the Bethesda pool. He listened to the woman by the, uh, the well that day. He listened to all these people and listened to their problems. And he had an answer for every problem they had. He's got an answer for your problem this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but I tell you what, Jesus does. He knows what you're going through and he will listen to you. One of my favorite songs that we sing, one of the old hymns, is the old hymn, I Must Tell Jesus. And I wouldn't dare even try to sing it for you this morning because of my croakiness. <clears throat> but the words say, I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He ever loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. <clears throat> I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I like it when it goes on to say, I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask Him, He will deliver. Make of my troubles quickly an end. Has anybody in here got a problem? Has anybody in here got an issue? I don't care what it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how deep it is. I don't care how wide it is. Our Jesus can handle any problem in this room right now. He's somebody you can talk to. I'm glad I'm not praying to some statue God, some hewn out stone God or some wooden statue of a God. But I can pray and talk to the God of heaven, the living and true God who understands everything about my life. I can go to Him and talk to Him about my problems. And He's got an ear for me always. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but He'll listen to you. We give altar calls here at the church. We, have, we open every Sunday morning in, in morning prayer. Wednesday night, we have prayer time. We gather around the altars and talk. And I look across these altars and, and they've come and they've, they've refinished them at times. But still, all across these altars, all 50 foot, all the way across, you can see the tear stains of where saints of God and sinners have bowed their knees down through the, the years that we've been here. 
And they stained these altars with their tears. And Jesus was there to catch every tear of every one of them. He knows what you're facing in life. And He'll take time to listen to anything you want to talk to Him about. He's there for you. Can I get a witness right there? He's there for you. He came into this world to learn. Came to learn about your life. He came into this world to listen. But I want to say thirdly, He came into this world to love. (laughs) You know, there's nothing like a little baby. The other day, Deb and I were watching a little bit of TV and and it showed this picture of this little newborn baby and they just wrapped him in the in the cloth, you know, the little blanket and was laying him in the in the whatever that thing is, that incubator, whatever it is that they put him in. And they laid that little baby in and just like that I said, Oh, look at that. It was just so cuddly and squishy looking, you know, and, and made you just want to go over there and grab it and just hold it. But you know what? Every parent in this room can testify to this truth about a little baby. That little baby will teach you about love. That little baby will teach you something about love in some way. There will be a love in your heart that you never knew existed until a baby shows up. And that thing will just draw that love out of your heart. And this little child, Jesus Christ, came into our world To teach us about a love that this world has never understood. And it's the love of God which is given to all. (laughs) The Bible says, For God so loved the world, that includes everybody, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't care who you are this morning. Jesus loves you. You may go through this holiday season. I I realize, I I understand this, that the holidays sometimes are a sad time for a lot of people. And I I honestly understand that. And I I can appreciate that. There's a lot of sadness during the holiday seasons, maybe because of some loved one that's not there anymore. Maybe some tragic thing, event happened during a holiday season and every holiday that it rolls around reminds them of that tragic event. I understand the sadness and I don't belittle anything like that that goes on. That, that's just a reality of life. But even through the sadness, isn't it good to know that there's somebody in this world that loves you? He loves and cares about your life. You say, how much does Jesus love me, preacher? He loved you so much he was willing to go to a cross and die on an old rugged cross and shed his blood so that you could be saved. That's how much Jesus loves every person that's in here. And the Bible tells us that, that God is not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance and be saved by the grace of God. God does not want one person. It doesn't matter how deep in sin any person may go. We kind of we look down on people that have gone into deep sin and things like that. And we shouldn't be that way. God doesn't look down on them. He wants to save them. I don't care how deep a sin any person has ever been in. Jesus is willing to forgive them and save them from that sin. Amen.
That's the God. That's the God this child came into this world to reveal. The God who loves us that much. It doesn't matter the drunkards, the dope heads, the people of ill repute. I'm glad they didn't save an old long-haired hippie. I got in on that one. Messed up my life with dope and drinking down through the years. Got a job as a locomotive engineer for the railroad. Thought I would, that would just solve all of my problems. It didn't solve anything. I got worse and worse with my ways and my life became so empty. And I had old long hair and, and uh, when I could, I'd do what I would do. But one day Jesus came by, saved me and I had, a, I had a six pack of beer in the refrigerator the night I got saved. I was planning on going home after church. First time we'd been to church in how many years, Dad? About five years, we, we hadn't even attended church. Went that, that morning, went back that night, had a six pack of beer in the fridge, and I was planning on drinking it when I got home from church. When I got home that night, though, I went to the refrigerator, pulled out that six pack, and popped every top and poured it down the drain. Never drank a drop since. Why? I met the man who was my answer to life, Jesus Christ. He changed my life completely. He took away sin out of my heart, took it out of my life, and he set me free so that I could enjoy living again. And thank God for Jesus Christ who's able to love that way. Even though I was unlovable, even though I didn't love him, he first loved me so I could be saved by the good grace of God. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. I've got good news for you. Jesus wants to save you. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care your name. I don't care what you've done in your past. Jesus wants to save whosoever. And thank God that word's in the Bible because that includes us all. He came to learn. He came to listen. He came to love. But I want to say lastly, He came to lay His life down. You think about it. This little baby born into this world. I mean, with all the hopes, all, all the future of a child in front of him. But he came into this world for one reason. Because one day, he was going to lay down his life for me and for you. We can say it this way. He came to die. He came for the purpose of dying. I know that every one of us will face that one day in our lives. And that's why Jesus came as a child, so that he could grow up and die. God being who he was, God couldn't die. So he came as a little baby, took on the flesh of a human being. And then he took that body and laid it down on the cross of Calvary. I believe that day on Calvary, as they were getting ready to crucify Jesus, I, I personally believe that it was a, an added cross. I, I, I don't believe that it was particularly planned at that given time, but they actually 
brought Jesus that very morning and said, we want this man crucified. And so they had to hurriedly make room for Jesus on the hill of Calvary. And I believe as they got up to the hill and they had two other, they had two other crosses ready and they had this third one that was going to be in the middle. I believe as they were getting ready and getting ready to crucify Jesus, I believe those soldiers got, got caught up in the things that they were doing and trying to get ready and they turned around and looked down at that cross and Jesus was already laying it down. On that cross, he went over there and just laid himself on that cross ready to be crucified. The Bible says that he laid down his life for us. They didn't force him to be crucified. He willingly was crucified. He was God. He could have stopped that at, the, at just one word and the whole thing would have been wiped out but he willingly was crucified. He let them torture him beyond recognition because he loves and cares about you that much. That's why he came as this child. Sis, you come on to the piano. I remember reading a story one time about this preacher who had been preaching on, on Calvary, on the crucifixion for several weeks. And he was, he was getting more studied in the crucifixion and Calvary. And as he would prepare his messages, he would study more and he would get ready to preach the next service. And one night he had a dream and he was dreaming about Calvary. And in that dream, it said that this preacher was dreaming that he was up there on Calvary and he was watching Jesus Christ being crucified. He watched Jesus lay on that cross and he saw those soldiers go over there with those big spikes and the mallets in their hands and those old soldiers knelt down on that ground beside the cross and they had their backs to the preacher in his dream and raise up that old mallet and come down on that spike and he could hear the metal clank against the metal. Clank! And it was just driving him crazy in his mind in that dream. And he just couldn't imagine the suffering that Jesus was going through. And he, in his dream, he could stand it no longer. It just was, it just was too much for the preacher to, to even experience himself watching Jesus be crucified. And the preacher in his dream ran over there and grabbed that Roman soldier and, and yanked him away from that cross and and the soldier dropped the mallet and dropped the, the spike in his hand. And when the soldier turned around, the preacher looked into the eyes of that soldier. And it was the preacher. And he realized, I'm the reason that Jesus is being crucified. I'm the reason he's letting them do him like that. And it made the depths of Calvary even more real to that preacher. He got up and continued his, his messages on Calvary. Jesus Christ suffered so much while he was here. Because he loves you, he cares about you. There's not one person in this room 
You may be the youngest, you may be the oldest, but He cares about your life. The Bible says, casting all our care upon Him, for He careth for us. This is Christmas time. It's a time where we get caught up with all kind of things. But if we miss the real meaning, it's Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ coming as this child, coming into your world so that you could be saved. I read something one time that said, He came to where we are that we might go to where He is. He was rejected that we might be accepted. He was condemned that we might be forgiven. He was punished that we could be pardoned. He suffered that we might be saved. He was wounded that we could be healed. And He was hated so that we could be loved. He took everything negative so we could have everything positive about Jesus in our lives. I want to ask you something this morning. Are you saved? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus lives in your heart? If you don't know that, you could come to an altar at this time of year, Christmas time. Think about it. Christmas time. The greatest gift ever given was Jesus Christ. It was the gift that God gave to the world. How would you like it? I wish I wish I had a hundred dollar bill on me. If I had a hundred dollar bill on me right now, I'd give it away. I'm gonna give this in promise. God just spoke my heart. I'm gonna give this in promise. Come here, little boy, buddy. That's my buddy. You got a hundred dollar on you. I knew you did. I could ask anybody in this crowd right here and they'd have a hundred, I promise you. I, I owe you. Really? Bless your heart. <laughs> no, I pay, I'm going to pay you back. Now, I got a hundred dollar bill. Would you like to have it? Huh? You don't want it? You do? Yeah, not that. Don't just walk around away from him now. You want this? You do? Would you like that? What would you do with it? You'd spend it on me? If I had a broken bed, you'd buy me a bed? <laughs> Here. That's his. I'm going to ask you something. What if I offered that to him? And he said, no, I don't want it. You keep it. Did you know there's many people that are offered the greatest something a lot more than a hundred dollar bill? They're offered Jesus Christ. And they said, no, 
I'll not take that. I'll, no. It don't mean nothing to me. You're turning away the greatest gift that's ever been offered to any person. The gift of salvation. That's yours, buddy. I'll pay you back when I mean that. No, I mean that. God put that on my heart and I'm willing to do that this morning. I want to ask you something. Is Jesus in your heart? Is He in your life? Here's, here's, the, here's the big deal about everything. You know, I told you Jesus came into this world to die. We're all going to die. Every one of us are going to die. One day, a preacher's going to stand up. They're going to have a casket with your body laying there. And there's only two places that any one of us can go. We can either go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. And the only thing that makes a difference is this baby. Jesus Christ. Nothing else, nothing else will change that destination. Religion, being a Baptist, being a Methodist, being a Catholic, being a Mormon, being this, being that, it will not change that destination. The only way to change that destination is this child, Jesus Christ. Is He in your heart? Is He in your life? As we stand across the auditorium,